0: Hi and welcome to my podcast on the grow. I'm Grace Lee. We're kicking off a new series here on the podcast called past to present series. I thought of the series back when I recorded the episode take out the trash. I realized there's a lot of stories from my past that I haven't shared and thought I'd be really selective and pick ones that tied into something I've carried with me now. In this episode called On Thin Ice, I talk about my five-year run with my oldest favorite sport, figure skating. I talk about my figure skating ambitions, that mentality of striving for more, what those years taught me, and how it applies to where I am now. And I guess I'll also share how my figure skating goals to be the next Michelle Kwan came to an end. Now, if you're new to this podcast, or not following me on my social media platforms, say Instagram, then you probably weren't aware that I used to be a figure skater. Last year, I believe, and the years before that, every time I went ice skating in New York City, I'd make a note about it in my posts. Whenever I meet new friends who I go skating with, they're always so surprised that I know how to skate so well. And by figure skating, I mean... Everything you think of in those figure skating movies, like Ice Princess on Disney Channel. That used to be my favorite movie. Or Spinning Out, the fairly new Netflix series that came out, I believe, last year? Anyway, the competitions, medals, weekends, practicing, all of it. I will say, I have my mom to thank. And my brother and my sister for sticking around my late practices, for always driving me to Fort Bragg, which was about 30 minutes away from our house at the time, so she could drop me off and pick me up from practice. My siblings would be sitting in the upper balcony area with coats and snacks as they waited for my practice to end so my mom could drive us all home. My mom, let me tell you, she really did it all. And I mean, driving all of us to every sports practice, violin lesson, piano lesson, chorus practice, quiz bowl meeting, battle the books, after school club meetings. Looking back at that, I now see how much time and effort she put into our lives to really make it all happen. So if you're listening to this mom, which I know you do, thank you so much for all that you do. I remember the drives to practices. I want to say it was on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays after school. I change into my skating tights and a cute one piece dress at home. And then I throw on a nice coat for warmth, get in the car and load up my little pink suitcase where I store my skates with pink skate guards to cover the blade of the skates, gloves, water bottle, and snacks. I was even that type of skater who would change her skate guards every, let's say, every two months or so. Um, I would always buy new ones and make sure my white skates were clean as new. Like I said, the drives were about 30 minutes to and from the rink. And back then, I wasn't listening to music. Instead, I'd bring a book with me or just stare out the car window. Do you remember those days growing up? Man, the things we accomplished without social media. I would fly through at least three books in one day. There's a part of me that wishes we could go back to those golden days where we spent our days without social media. Just a book, the outdoors, the people around us. It was all so different then. I also can't believe I would just Sit there for half an hour in silence, staring out the car window. I probably had so many thoughts running through my mind. It's no wonder I loved to write growing up, too. I wish you guys could see this. I remember going home one time and going to the garage and just seeing a bunch of composition notebooks stacked up. I have at least like 50 composition notebooks or probably more of these fictional books I used to write. And yes, I used to handwrite them because at the time I did have a computer but I just I was more drawn to writing it out and so I remember my hand would hurt like for days because I had written at least like a hundred pages from from writing in the composition notebook. I created these fantasy worlds, characters with unique names because I never wanted any of my characters to have basic names. I know, says a lot for a 10 year old girl. I got so lost in all of the worlds and writing and it was honestly a childhood memory I'll always hold on to. Writing really got me through a lot of my difficult times growing up, but anyway. That could be a podcast episode in and of itself. Back to my figure skating practices. Practices were about an hour to 2 hours. My coach, Stephanie, <laughs> I can't believe I remember her name. Was my favorite. She was so understanding and patient with me. She had been my coach for quite some time and I trusted her with a lot of the issues I'd I'd have with certain moves or spins. In the beginning, When I first started, we had this little book from level one to 10, where we would have to complete certain moves to get to the next level. All the beginner figure skaters at the Fort Bragg rink had to go through this to start. I think the first level was very basic. Learn how to stop and go. The teacup stop, which I can still do to this very day. And the rough hockey stop, as I like to call it. The stop that hockey players basically do. The next level was being able to do a little spin in place. I remember one of the levels was doing a crossover while turning a corner, and that was so exciting for me. As I was thinking about this podcast episode and what I wanted to talk about with my figure skating history, having to start from level one and work my way up really just spoke to me. With each new level comes new challenges. Some were harder for others and some were easier for others. At a young age, I was very determined. Growing up, I've always been athletic, but figure skating just really made me feel so free. On that ice, every single practice, I loved skating really fast around the rink and Skating backwards against the cold air just hitting my face. Going fast made me feel invincible. In my mind, I thought of it like this. I couldn't be the smartest or prettiest person, but on the ice, I could be whatever I wanted to be. I felt strong for pushing myself with a sport I loved for so long. I was strong for not quitting when most people would just stop. I wanted more out of this. I wanted to be the next Michelle Kwan. During practices, there weren't that many skaters on the ice. It was a private session, and the rink opened up to the public a few hours after we were done. I remember even staying after my skating lessons sometimes to practice on the ice. The public skaters were only allowed to skate around the rink, but the experienced skaters were allowed to go in the middle and do spins and jumps. I would always be in the middle, practicing what I had learned at the lesson that day and perfecting the move. I'd glance around and see other young girls and boys, sometimes even teenagers, look at me in awe with their mouths open as they saw me just glide on the ice so effortlessly while they had to hold onto the wall so they wouldn't fall for the tenth time. That's it. It was the invincible feeling and the ambition to not quit something I felt very passionate about. My family supported me all the way with my skating ambitions, too. I started performing at the Fort Bragg rink for Christmas talent shows and many other shows. I'd practice my routine for the performance over and over and over again. I was such a perfectionist with nailing each move with grace and not messing up. I've always had this fear, and it goes back to my figure skating days, of not trusting in myself. I fear that I'll either mess up or forget something, even though I've rehearsed it and practiced it to perfection. I always fear that I'll blank out on the spot, and so because of that fear, I immediately think of a backup plan, as if I'm already going to mess up or forget and that backup plan becomes my actual plan. I've always felt that way, even in elementary school, middle school, high school, and even college, and even now. (laughs) It was hard for me to say a speech because I feared I'd forget my lines or give a presentation without notes because I'd forget what to say. And so because of that fear, there was always something that made me anxious to perform on the ice. I wish I could have been like those figure skaters who just effortlessly glided across the ice without thinking about their routine. It's like their routine was part of their instinct. Like it felt like walking or talking to them. I wish that I could be carefree and not think about my routine and just trust myself to just go. And so every performance, I'd be hard on myself to nail the routine, don't mess up, practice my facial expressions while moving on the ice. And then led to my first competition in Raleigh, one of many competitions. I'm not sure how old I was at the time, but these were such a big deal my family dedicated entire weekend to drive me up and watch me perform on the ice. Every skater had to do their performance throughout the day. And then the judges would decide based on performance, skill, and other categories that I'm forgetting. And then they'd announce the winners of the competition at the end. Only the top three would stand on the podiums like they do at the Olympics. One particular competition, I remember messing up one move during my performance, and feeling so frustrated with myself the rest of the day. I was so hard on myself. I would criticize and critique my own performance and lecture myself, that I would practice more next time. Who needs judges when you have yourself, honestly? When it came to announcing the winners, they called the third place winner to the stage. Then they called the second place winner to the stage, me. I was kind of shocked, but also glum that I had won second place and not first. In my head, I was a first place winner. And so I watched the moderator adorn the gold medal around the first place winner's neck. I stood there amongst the clapping and cheering. I remember tuning out from all the applause and thinking, I wish I had won first place. I wish that gold medal was mine. That mentality, that I want to be first mentality, explains why I've always been so competitive all my life. Not just with sports, but with everything else too. I have this high standard for myself with anything I achieve, and just like my ambitions with figure skating, I've always not been one to quit things so easily. I've even noticed it now when, with my running. I'm very competitive with myself. My last week's times are this week's goals to surpass. That goes with giving up on people even though I need to, or letting go, even though I really need to. I tend to have a firm grip on things and people in my life because I'm no quitter. But what I've learned, especially since my figure skating days, is learning the difference between giving up on someone because I'm a quitter and giving up on someone for my own good. I was listening to my client's podcast last week, And in the interview she had with the couple's therapist, she mentioned that our childhood is one of the most influential aspects of our history, and it determines how we communicate, how we see things, how we handle things, and what our triggers are. That really got me thinking a lot for this episode. A lot of my responses and behavior tends to be the same as the way I acted growing up. It makes sense. And so quitting isn't something that's familiar to me. So the day I returned home from school, my mom had some news for me. I could see it on her face that she didn't want to tell me something because she knew it would break my heart. A part of me didn't want to know either. But I also didn't see this one coming. I had imagined every other possible outcome, but never this one. My coach, Stephanie, was moving to Raleigh for a more permanent coaching position with her husband. My heart sank. I was devastated. My little head started to think of every other scenario. So did this mean I would have to drive up to Raleigh three times a week? That was an hour to Raleigh and another hour back. That's a lot of driving. Would my mom be able to handle that? She was barely handling driving an hour total to and from Fort Bragg for me. She's closing out her clients here and starting a different coaching program in Raleigh. I was crushed. After hearing those words, I already knew what it meant. Ooh, I don't know why I'm getting a little emotional. Um, I, I quietly went to my bathroom, locked the door, and turned off the light. I sat there in the darkness by the door and burst into tears. I couldn't stop sobbing for almost an hour. I wasn't a quitter. So why was this happening? Why was I supposed to give up a dream that I loved A goal that I had worked so hard for and I was so passionate about. I couldn't stop thinking about Stephanie and how happy I was leaving practice last week. What was I going to do now? Figure skating was my dream. It was like someone had broken my heart. I know that sounds dramatic for someone so young, but it was like someone had ripped something I treasured right out of my hands, and I had to learn to cope without it. The next week was the hardest. Every practice day I spent home, I felt that sadness even more. But as the days went by, I started to put my ambitions to excel at something else to work. I see clearly now that when there's something I want, something I'm passionate about and want to achieve, I make it happen. I do my best, give it my all, and then when things are out of my control, I give it to God. Something I was not good at back then. I had to find happiness elsewhere, and it took longer for me to find because I was looking everywhere but to God. Looking back now, I can't play the what-if game and ask, what would have happened if Coach Stephanie never had to move? Would I still be a figure skater? Would I have leaned more towards writing and reading and becoming more fascinated by journalism and media if the path was different for me? Would I have then attended UNC's journalism school and then started my own business as a social media strategist? I guess that's something I'll never truly know. God certainly knew what he was doing. Sometimes it will take something devastating and heartbreaking to guide you to your actual purpose. We don't know it in those moments, but when we look back and reflect, we understand that path. We understand why certain things had to happen. Things may feel foreign after you've practiced it routinely, day in and day out. Sometimes the spins will become memories to cherish. Sometimes the song you practiced to every time for your competition will remind you that you've still got it. That ambitious drive. It may not be that ice skating rink you practiced on. You know, the one where you memorized where your toes should be aligned with the red line streaks marking your starting position for your routine. But it will be the reminder you need to pick yourself up after your long and hard days, while doing the job that you love to do. After all, the real performance isn't on the ice. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode where I cover another story from my past. This one will be called Facing the Giants, Bullying in School. This episode will cover my childhood stories growing up being bullied in elementary, middle, and even high school in a white majority suburban town and why my hometown always felt like a bubble. I talk about being the better person and how that time of my childhood ties into something I've carried with me now. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, topic suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for tuning in.